0: Thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of lachimolala New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important businesses uh, that Bangtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus and stay tuned for shorter snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents, because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hello. All right. Well, it has been four days at the time of this recording since the final two members of BTS, Jimin and Jungkook, left to go into the military. We also said the day before goodbye to Namjoon and Taehyung. So four members of BTS enlisted. We are now seven for seven off doing their uh, mandatory conscription. How is everyone feeling tonight?
1: It has been such a busy week. And I talked about this a little bit in the Patreon Discord, but what Gus swallowed a carpet staple last week, right before all the enlistment things went down. And so we were doing like emergency surgery and then post-surgery stuff with him. Um, so I didn't have time to think about it until like the past day or two when he started feeling better and I had a little bit more brain like exactly. bandwidth.
0: Gus is your new kitten for yeah, yeah. just tuning in. They may be like, Who is Gus? I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Gus, the kitten that
1: is named after August D and not nearly as intelligent as August D. Like, there are not a lot of bulbs in his chandelier. Bless his heart. <laughs> He's just, <laughs> yeah. You know, two days after surgery, trying to eat pieces of wood off my desk in the office. Um, but he's doing well. So all that said, I'm just now sort of catching up to my emotions about it and just very thankful for the streaming that is happening and that they are charting spring day, um, what just started uh, outro tear. And there was another one that started today. um, Louder Than Bombs um, started charting as well. And that is just making me very happy. I'm looking up like playlists on Apple Music and streaming those like between sessions and stuff. Because I'm catching snippets of content. I watched the Bangtan Bomb where Jimin and JK went and started crying this morning. So... Trying to balance the feels with some good things. and yeah, that's where I'm at right now.
2: Um, so I have been processing, and I kind of took a step back away from social media because i I was busy, but I was also processing because I didn't really know what to say, and I didn't want to be overly emotional because I tend to do that. Um, but I got sick this week with just like some congestion, sinus thing, and I had a little bit more time and I was able to take the time to kind of dive into the content that we've been getting and um, just kind of really sit in what it means to have all seven members enlisted and what that looks like from a content perspective. And I could just say that, like, it has not slowed down. (laughs) Uh, The content is still flowing at a not an alarming rate, but I'm, you know, I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised because it just hasn't stopped, which is great. Um and I agree with Allison I it's like this re like we're reinvigorating this community by streaming we have streaming goals and we have like a focus of what we want to do and how we want to honor uh the members as they're gone you know their biggest thing that they've been saying since festa is like trust us, don't forget us, stick around, be with us, be by our side and I think that like showing that we're streaming um is a way to do you know is the way to do it and so I hope that you know as they are able to after you know their boot camp or after their um you know first six weeks in if they get some media and they get some stats they'll know hey we're still here keeping the home fires burning so you know that kind of stuff I just think that's really exciting yeah I think for me
0: it has been I tend to deal with big feelings almost exclusively by disassociating. (laughs) Um, It's rare that I do not. And this was one of the times I didn't, which I think is interesting that this could be good news. I couldn't say it was fun news though. Like, (laughs) I don't know if I liked feeling the amount of feelings I felt. Um, And so that was tricky. I do appreciate that there was a sense of, while everything around bts does have kind of an element of curation and uh you know there was an um, there was a level of honesty that i did appreciate in the experience and and this isn't unique to them i mean we've certainly seen it in other folks who um you know when it's their turn to do their conscription like most notably kai from exo of having more of an emotional reaction and genuinely basically just being like this is not Great. Like, I'm not really looking forward to this, and so I, I do appreciate that there was, you know, they didn't lean all the way in, but it certainly didn't feel like they were putting on the bravest face, which good because they don't need to.
2: Yeah, I like that, and I also like that, you know, J.K. did his last live, and it was so sincere. And I mean, I know people like in my real life would think I'm like super crazy about this, but like he really didn't want to end the live because that's it like that's the end that's the last live and so you really felt their reluctancy to like hit the end button you know even jimin you know jimin showed his hair he did a bow and then he kind of did this thing where he like ran his hand over his face um to kind of like wipe away any emotion he was like really trying to like put on a brave face and so you know i just think that's really important that uh we get to see that, but then like other other members of other groups get to see that too because they're not going to be the only ones to serve. They're you know people as you go in K-pop, as you like groups, male groups. Some of their members, if they haven't already served, they will have to go and do their service. And so um you know, like it happens for BTS, it, they end up being role models for a lot of different things. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think they've handled this in an incredible way, and what's some grace they've really had incredible grace through this process and I really respect that Um, and also just from being on the content creator side of it as far as Instagram goes it's okay to feel what you're feeling we all you know our entire group chat took timeouts we dealt with how we were feeling in different ways some of us our trauma response is to laugh and be funny and some of us have to be in our feels for a little bit and no matter how you're processing that it's okay Um, and I hope that you're able to find that the community is still giving, um, because we're all still here. We're all still supporting and we're all still trying to have fun, um, to show that, Hey, we're still here when 20, when 2025 gets here, we're, we're going to be here strong, ready to go.
0: So all of this to say, I guess, I think this is how I want to frame this conversation. So today we are going to be discussing, um, a podcast that went out on, um, popcast which is uh from the new york times and the title of the podcast was jungkook bts and english language (laughs) k-pop which (laughs) i don't feel like we're off to a great start (laughs) with that as the title that we're gonna get into in a little bit and it's built itself very simply it had a one sentence description of what it was about a conversation about k-pop's long march to american awareness and the potential risks of that embrace and the guest is kara kara only goes by kara because uh she makes it very clear that and they both make this clear many times is that fandoms in general and particularly army which is a not a monolith, right? There's many different factions of ARMY. ARMY shows up in many different ways. Um, You know, they can be very uh, vociferous when it comes to defending BTS from any perceived criticism. Uh, I I do want to, before I say anything else, I do want to say that I felt like the framing of it though was a little bit tricky for me to buy into because it was essentially like we there was a lot of like we are grown-ups. So I'm going to say that for us, we too are grown-ups. <laughs> um none of us make it a habit to flame people up on Twitter. We're not looking to find people's addresses. I truly could care less about people's personal lives who disagree with me. Um but there was a sense of like we're grown-ups. The stands are crazy which felt like a very interesting phrase. Like it felt very much like we are going to control this narrative very heavily to be like, we are the thoughtful, deliberative folks who are going to have critical perspectives. Everyone else is kind of crazy. So we're not, you know, so like we're not going to get into that with them. And I just feel like immediately you really controlled that narrative in a way that like, Allison, for you as a therapist, I'm just curious what you thought about kind of setting that up because it did feel less nuanced to me and a little bit more manipulative
1: right yes exactly it's the there's no in the way that that was phrased there's no space for then me to come in and say well I have a different opinion because he's already minimized and denied like anything that I bring to the table because he's the expert and like is coming from the way that they sounded like I'm not going to just attack people because I care about these like members because I have a more objective, AKA white male framework from which I'm coming at this. And then it minimizes my experience and the intelligence and critique that I bring to the table as a consumer of the podcast.
0: So, I guess to start off with in, you know, a couple of sentences, how did you react when you heard the podcast and why do you think you had that reaction?
1: Um, I wish I had attached myself to like a blood pressure monitor (laughs) because that would have been really fantastic biofeedback for real. I was furious because none of it was well thought out. None of it was well researched. I say none of it. I don't mean to be a blanket statement, but there was a lot of room for which they could have done some research on the topic and spoken a little bit more intelligently about the topic. So that's where that was my reaction.
0: How about you, Megan?
2: Well, I I had heard about this podcast on TikTok. Uh, a couple of the creators I follow had already talked about it. And I just kind of bookmarked it for later. I knew it was something that we were probably going to get into. Um, but right away, two of my top BTS creators that really come at this from like the really thinky part. And that's why I follow them because there's the thirsty part, but I follow them for the thinky part. Um, They immediately were like, don't download this. Don't give them any more clicks because that's what they want. What they're doing is they want ARMY to go there and get mad and give them, you know, the comments and the clicks and the likes and the dislikes and whatever it is. So I did not listen to this podcast. I downloaded the transcript. I waited a couple of days, waited for the transcript to come out. And I'm kind of glad that he did because I really think I would have gotten a car accident if I was listening to this in the car, which is where I listen to most of my podcasts because I was punching angry. Like, I, first of all, and I put this in part of the notes that I was going to say later, but this is what, first of all, I guess a Michelob Ultra commercial place, And I'll get to that later. Because that, I was like, oh, okay. um. But this is the part that I, and I said this out loud. He's the, John, the guy that's talking, is talking about J.K.'s album. And he said, which came out not that long ago, comma, Cook, as I'm sure you know, Cook, you are not friends with this man. You don't know this man personally. Please, by all means, respect him and use his government name. So it just went downhill from there. I sent you guys a video of myself like mid-read, and I was just ranting um, because I just have a lot of questions about the how and the why and how this got put together. And I don't know if there was a reason other than we need clicks and likes because i I did not walk away with anything any new knowledge. I just walked away with opinions if that makes any sense,
0: yeah, I will agree. It felt like it was for clicks and likes, um which was interesting because some of the accusations leveled essentially, or I won't say. I, I'm not even going to say accusations. Just the thinkiness that was delivered was essentially like, "This is for clicks and like this music." And I was like, mm, "Interesting this podcast." So here's what I I would like to say. I think to like start it off is, I'm married to a very, I will say even sometimes like pedantically annoying scientist. So I will like make statements or I'll say things, and he will be like you know, can we look at that data and that those data points you're pulling from? And one of his favorite things to say to me to shut me down in an argument is like, you are cherry cherry picking data right now. And I found myself like blurbling that out when I, and I did listen to the podcast. I actually chose to listen to it because I like to hear people talk. It like humanizes it for me. And the whole time, I'm like, you are just absolutely cherry picking information here to serve a very, an argument that feels strange to me, but you're allowed to have a strange argument. But it was the evidence was like I was just like you have pulled like two data sets essentially, butter and golden, to have this conversation. And in the last three years alone, and I mean, fair look if you if somebody wanted to be like, I want to have a critique on what butter means and kind of deep dive like why did butter get made? What is the point of butter? Where does Butter fit in the overall goals of HYBE and BTS? These are all fair questions. And I also want to say to anyone who thinks that like I just pearl clutch when anyone wants to come for BTS. I've had people up my ass on this podcast because I have had thoughts sometimes about things that I've had problems with with BTS. So I am also not just like a complete apologist for BTS that they can do no wrong. And I'm on the record of saying that. I'm also a very avid fan and I really do like BTS. But I do, as we unpack this, this, this entire podcast that we had to listen to, that I was like, you know what, let's, let's just like lean in for our own clicks and views on this conversation because you know what, apparently that's just what we're going to do today. Um, But yeah, to me, it was the thing that i walked away with overwhelmingly was like what a freaking disappointment for the new york times who has become increasingly less reliable to me over the last few years which is a bummer because i want to have thoughtful news i want to be challenged in my views i want to have somebody make a statement and i'm like oh i feel kind of uncomfortable and challenged there i want to think about it i don't want to walk away from a hot take and be like i now feel actively dumber for having sat there for 46 minutes and listening to this and I just dislike intellectual laziness and smugness. It's my least favorite.
2: Yes. And I think that's what bothered me the most because there are some great podcasts out there and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm on one. We get a lot of feedback about how people enjoy this podcast. And if we sat out and did a podcast like this where we were just cherry picking information, maybe from some reels, maybe from some like, you know, Instagram posts, I can understand. But this is a podcast that is put out by one of the most prominent newspapers in our country. One of the most prominent newspapers internationally. And it's sponsored by a B. I'm not saying I want to be sponsored by Michelob. Michelob Ultra, you're great. But I'm just saying this is a heavy. I mean, you're really getting paid for this. You're getting paid for this content in one way or another. And so for me, what really bothered me is if there was someone in the middle of the country that goes to the New York Times for their information or their news, and they saw that JK was charting, and they're like, oh, I recognize that name. He was on the charts last week. He beat out so-and-so on so-and-so, whatever song, and they listen to this podcast. They're not getting, it's not just that they're not getting the full story about BTS and what BTS does. They're not even getting the full story on K-pop right now as a genre, as a whole. Because it's not that just that they didn't have anything nice to say about BTS. I feel like they didn't have anything nice to say about any of this second, third, or third, fourth generation K-pop that's going on right now. And I think that's such a disservice to the K-pop groups that are in the circle right now and doing the work, putting the work in. So, yes, we're specifically talking about BTS tonight, but when you give me the chance later, I'm gonna talk about txt.
0: and I just want to say one last thing because the other person, Kara, who's on the podcast, um they they run a they run a podcast. I haven't listened to it. I'm honestly not interested at this point just because I again felt like this was just like, I'm not here for lazy takes from but this is how they brand themselves. They brand themselves as an American fan of Asian pop culture an idle expert. And then they like to say, I'm a hobbyist. If you don't like me, move along. Okay. Fair. Look, I, I don't really like, this isn't, I don't socially and emotionally have a big feeling here. I'm just going to talk about like what was brought to the table in this podcast, no judgment on like what you do in your life. I literally, I'm sure you're a lovely person, you know, Godspeed. Um, but I thought it was interesting to say an idle expert, because I have to admit that, like, what I heard today was like somebody who had a comp has been a fan of K pop for some time. Like, obviously, is I don't again, I don't want to like, I don't want to make the mistake of being intellectually lazy myself. An impression I was left with in the pod was that they are a big bang fan from way back and fair. Like, you know, I think that, like, that was a group that did a lot for. K-pop that got lots of folks interested in it from outside of Korea and I think have like kind of like trailblazed a certain sound and look that paved the way for so many different folks to come through. Um, The idol expertness though I mean look every time that they spoke about BTS and again I can hear criticism of BTS and not lose my mind if I feel like it's warranted. And when she was like, I didn't like butter, it's fair. I don't need you to like butter. Like, I kind of just don't super care. Like, people can just like what they like, and that's fine. But I think it was when it tried to be more thoughtful, being like, okay, around like 2017 and 18, here's some quotes that she said, was like, you know, basically, they started morphing into a group aimed more at an American boy band audience more rather than a band aimed at American K-pop audience. And I felt like there was a lot of this kind of idea that there was like a big, big, there was a lot of need to separate things. And there was a lot of use of the word normal. Like this is normal pop. This is normal this, this is normal that. And whenever somebody starts to use the word normal to me, I get the ick pretty bad because it's like, wow, you really are trying to like create a box and you need certain things to be in that box. And if they're not in that box, you're gonna have a judgment for it. And I just I'm always gonna be like a fuck normal person. And when I heard it used this many times in a critical analysis, um, I started to get like the the ick. And like when we're talking about 2017 and 18 as their one direction era, you can hold that opinion and that's fine. But like the evidence didn't feel like it was evidencing in that like. In the way that they were laying out their arguments.
1: It was. I'm not even going to be able to say this intelligently. But it didn't seem to. Know what it wanted to do. In that it was like. Well are we pro. K-pop becoming more popular in America. Are we anti that. Like why can't we have. Diverse pop musicians in America. Is this wrong. Like. Like. I'm going to be a fan of this K-pop group, but not this one. It's like, why can't we just celebrate K-pop and musicians as a whole?
0: I want to add something to that because I think it's a good point. So I feel like they kind of were like, you know, there there seemed to be an impulse to gatekeep and to be like, this is what K-pop should be. And I'm going to define it as like, Americans talking on the New York Times, you know, podcast. And the quote that her used um, towards the end was she says something about it. K-pop should sound like, and here's the exact quote, the real eclectic drive to pick up pieces from here, there, and everywhere. Use new sounds, use new and bigger and brighter colors and costuming, and just get the weirdest stuff you can find and throw it on the screen. Apparently, that's, that's going to be the running definition of what we hope K-pop could be as defined by this critic.
1: <laughs> well, and I think that was the interesting part is like, why, why are they getting to define it? I I can't remember where this, like, if they talked about it earlier in it, but it was like, what is even K-pop? K-pop is so many things like it doesn't have to be, you know, Psy 10 years ago, doing Gangnam Style, it can be, you know, Holland, it can be The Rose, it can be all these things. So, why does this guy from the New York Times get to define what K pop is and why does Kara get to define it?
0: And
2: I, yeah, that was confusing. That'd be real weird.
0: I was like, and then like the examples she used of like some Western music and
2: being like, look, they put this and get a load of how like <laughs> this is. And it was like. It was Justin Bieber and Despacito. Okay. Like it. it, it the song, You listen to the song with him and you listen to the song without him. It's okay. I mean, I just have so many issues. First of all, Alison, what you said about what gives them an authority. I re- literally wrote in my notes. How do we? Who the fuck is we? And who are you in the industry to make this designation? Like, who are you to decide what K-pop needs to be? My other argument would be is like, okay, so are we redefining all genres now? Because I could argue that the Beatles were a boy band. So now are they just English pop? Like, they're England or European pop boy band. And so they're in the same category as New Direction and they can't do anything but that? I mean, come on. You go from I want to hold your hand to like uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. People can't evolve. Like artists can't evolve. I just that I have like a laundry list of things that I just I don't even know where to start. Like I let me
0: help hone it in. So I think one thing we can start start to talk about is it comes right into the, um to the name of the podcast. So I think we have to talk about it, which is the English language K-pop. And the point that I think that I know that some of us want to have today is like, what are you talking about? Who is allowed to sing in English and how many non-English speaking bands and musicians have chosen to sometimes sing in English? <laughs> like, it was that was the most icky like confusing thing to the whole thing for me was like what are you talking
2: about I I get that I get that there are some BTS fans that have been the fandom for a long time this isn't shade this is what I've learned from me in the fandom and again I'm still a baby in this fandom okay they didn't love the English trilogy, which is Dynamite, Butter and Permission to Dance. Sure. And it's well known. Pe- people talk about it all the time. It's not a secret. It's not a gatekeep thing. However, when you're going to talk about English, the English language and using English in K-pop songs, it's not just BTS. You have bands like TXT doing collabs with the Jonas Brothers. OK, that that was English. You have Stray Kids that have some English-only songs. I know this because I follow some Stray Kids creators, and they were talking about it a couple weeks ago with different albums that are coming out, different versions of songs. They put different versions out, just like BTS does, and some of them are English-only. So how are we going to have an argument, and you're not going to bring in other K-pop groups that also use English? I would also argue that is English a big problem like using english in k-pop a big problem as far as oh it's going to ruin what we know know and love of k-pop i would argue i don't think so because yungi just made like 60 million billion dollars on a concert that had very little english and let me tell you i was there two nights and the place was screaming those lyrics
0: yeah. it did
2: not stop a single person i definitely want to get to that
0: and to d-day and some of the other things but first i think what i want to round out is the fact that we have folks outside of k-pop like a long history of folks from other countries who have then, or in different languages who then have had music that they've done in english and that's okay (laughs) like bjork i grew up like you know i'm a 90s girl like you know, she's singing songs in English and it didn't feel like it was going to like the sky was going to fall. Bad Bunny. And so I just, so to me, again, this just felt like a very particular need to look at. And again, the three English speaking. Okay, so here's maybe the pivot that I want to have then is that, you know, we've got the like the three English speaking songs that came out during the pandemic, which were, dynamite butter I, w- I thought it was funny butter was like the hill they were going to die on I was like why don't we start with dynamite we really went to butter <laughs> but okay <laughs> and so dynamite butter and permission to dance and and I also identify myself as pandemic army but the interesting thing is that for me the English speaking songs were not what got me there. I think that some of the promo that were around the English speaking songs are what introduced me to them. So we've all talked about it, like our origin stories of like how we got into them. And so for me, it was, you know, stuff like carpool karaoke or seeing them on like these shows where they were performing those songs. But you know, they were not songs that like for me necessarily, and they still are not, they're just not going to be favorites of mine for BTS. I don't feel like I need to like I mean, they're catchy bops, they're fine. But like, if that's all they ever had done, yeah, I probably wouldn't have been as interested. But I felt like the weirdness to me in like being like, where did we go with Butter? And now like, who is BTS anymore? I'm like, two points. One was, three points actually. How did we completely ignore Map of the Soul 7, which came out like, I can't, I mean, my math isn't math and great, but, like, a year before Butter, basically. Then we had B come out with Dynamite on it, which had Life Goes On, which was heavily Korean and did super good on billboards. And, I you not know, I feel even gross having conversations like, was it like do they speak korean or not but i'm just like we ignored the fact that b the album came out we ignored map of the soul seven and then when we moved to the solo acts we went straight to golden because obviously that's going to be the buzzy clickbait as opposed to being like let's discuss indigo let's discuss d-day let's discuss um you know jack in the box let's discuss fucking face my when she started to talk about like having like unusual sounds in k-pop and then like they were talking i was just like i am gonna lose my goddamn mind that we didn't talk about the fact that face went to number one on the fucking u.s billboard that they're like rubbing on themselves as like something that matters and we didn't have a conversation about face we decided to have the conversation about golden and then leave it there i thought that's when i thought i was actually going to lose my fucking mind And why did we not have that conversation? Because it didn't fit the weirdly problematically racist, xenophobic lens of the conversation, which brings me back to my whole problem that it just cherry picked this data in a really lazy way. Because if all BTS had done in the last four years was put out butter and golden, it'd be like, yeah, I guess we're in like a strange new world where they're really going to go on this journey. Okay. But when we ignore the... tire everything else and then they like spend all their time having like dunks on Justin Timberlake like fine like look I've never really been a Justin Timberlake girly I kind of don't care I thought it was pretty I still felt just like mean cheap shots to be like I can go see Trolls 3 and they're all like damn and they thought they were like so like edgy and I was like oh my god but I was like Okay. And then they were like, cold play. Ugh. I was like, oh my gosh, you are going for like all the low hanging fruit. Talk to me about the collab then with like J. Cole. Or talk to me about like the Lilith collab with Halsey, Z, which was fucking rad. Like, you're going to pick like the stuff that's like easy to kind of like smug on and completely ignore all the stuff that's interesting and cool. Like, what are we going to do? Are we going to like get gross about Bruno Mars? Really? Do we want to do that? I don't think so. Silk Sonic, like, do we want to come at them? No, we don't. But we're not going to mention them because they're fucking cool. And everyone knows they're cool. So you can't shit on them on your, like, lazy podcast.
2: (laughs) I mean, the fact that they... Okay, first of all... But the fact that she was, like... What did they say? Something about, like, oh, yeah. Like, and then with Steve Aoki. Like, nobody even knew who he was. I'm going to be real right here. Pick up a magazine, girl. Use your human fingers and, like, Google something. I all of the things in here I Googled and in 15 seconds, I had an answer. I had a rebuttal. It, what do you, you still use dot Like, I don't understand how this wasn't at your fingertips. It, it's so infuriating. Like uh, first of all, cold play. Obviously you don't watch any of the media to know that Chris Martin's gone on record to say he actively sought that out. It's something that he really wanted to do. He spent two weeks in quarantine in Korea. To make that song, I think just okay?
0: thing that like Coldplay is like not cool. That was the point. It was like Coldplay. Okay, great. So like, you
2: know, and so that was like
0: there was just like that element of like we're so kind of like edgy and hip within. And I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say it. Pop music, like I
2: mean, like let's. We're dying on this hill, right? We're dying on this hill. Like pop yeah. music, but like.
0: If you're a pop music fan, like we're by definition,
2: not edgy. Like <laughs> we're cringe. <laughs> we're super cringy. Which I understand. See, that's why like Allison had asked the question, like, what did you learn? Or like, what did you take away or whatever? And for me, I really went into this when it first started, when they first started talking about how K-pop has changed, how the face of K-pop has changed. In my mind, even though I knew this was like a takedown podcast. In my mind, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm probably going to learn a thing or two about some first-gen artists. I'm going to learn a thing or two about the history of K-pop because I'm new here. I I mean, I was I, I was alive then. I had kids. I, I wasn't even on the K-pop sphere. I, I mean, I knew Psy. That was it, right? So I was excited. I was like, okay, here's my chance to learn a little bit more about the history of K-pop, about what I'm walking into now later on. I didn't learn any of that because... While they brought up some of their favorites, they never went into why they were their favorites or what they sounded like or how their sound was different or how they set the stage for this or they set set the stage for that. And to me, it felt very reminiscent of me hopping on a podcast and saying, 90s alternative rock was the best thing that ever happened to music. And all these other people that are now out in the music sphere, they suck. Never giving a reason why my 90s alternative is the best thing that ever happened. This could have been a great opportunity to teach me a thing or two about K-pop. They didn't. Instead, like Leah said, they just cherry pick some things to throw in there. Like Steve Aoki, like who's that guy? Uh, A real famous DJ, actually.
0: Also, like there was just some weirdness to be like, well, what's cool then that's like not on the radar and then they're like Hive and they like list like a song and I'm like look, I will say that like I like I think I know about K-pop more than like the average American, more than the average K-pop stand? Absolutely not. And like the examples they were picking were like still pretty just like normal examples. <laughs> like I was like, we're not like I felt like I was like, am I sitting back in like a college dorm room with like some bro who is like trying to gatekeep me his like fish c- taped collection of like a concert from Red Rocks in like 94? Like I just felt like I was back in that and I was like this is just bizarre energy to need to have also like dropping like we're gonna be like dropping like (laughs) K-pop girl groups and be like this like this is the hipster one to know about and i'm like it's still like these are just songs that are like just like going around that are like pretty common i am glad that they were like fairly respectful to new Jeans because I was like if we're coming for like literal children at this point like I will start to like lose my mind they I feel like they were pretty chill with new Jeans, but who they were not chill with for no reason whatsoever was txt who they basically if I if I was just tuning into this like if I had no idea what they were talking about and I was listening I would have thought like oh hybe in like their and I mean, I'm not a Hybe apologist either, but like I would be like Hybe in their money grabbing ways. Also then decided to launch another group, TXT, who they use the words, they tried to build them as BTS's little brother, and it basically just didn't go very well. And I was like, I don't understand. Did they just say that like TXT doesn't like isn't successful? <laughs> And I, yeah, they did for like no reason. And without that being actually factually, like it wasn't actually even remotely factually correct. So Megan, like, do you have any information? Like, like we were both kind of like, cause this to me, I'm like, you're just actually not telling the truth now for like no really good reason, except to like have a funny dig, but you're giving actually like misinformation. Like you don't need to like TXT but they are objectively successful
1: right the one of the lines from the podcast is that like one of the things they made an argument for was bts fans aren't going to other boy k-pop groups they're going to like new jeans and like the girl groups and then there john was like "Ooh, damn she's like yeah sorry txt but you don't (laughs) please enlighten us megan
0: was like my little baby TX. like really like first
2: of all first of all <laughs> too big come on first of all keep their name out of your mouth first of all okay i lost it i was so angry but what i will say is i did look it up and this is all according to billboard okay because i went to billboard because the impression i get is that this we're, we're looking at this from an american eye so i wanted to bring up U.S. success for txt this is not discounting their uh home you know seoul korea their home success or their charting in japan or their charting in korea i will have that linked in the show notes i'm just talking about straight up billboard so one two let me count these two three they've had nine songs in the top billboard 200 four of those in the top 10 okay the most recent the name chapter temptation which was their release in i believe late january early february february charted at number 1 for the week okay their their release according to billboard and their top 10 tours of 2023 txt ranked number 4 with 46.8 million dollars earned 379,000 tickets sold and 27 shows for an all-musician rank, they ranked number 54 out of 100 musicians on tour in 2023. Um, they also just got their induction uh, into the Recording Industry Association of America. It RIAA just unveiled its 2023 class, highlighting the artists who have made the biggest impact with their music over the past year. With its latest inductees gaining recognition from the institution for achievement and top album sales and singles, first time placement and more TXT earned gold certification for the first time with the name chapter temptation. Um, They had their MTV video music award debut in September. It was pure joy. I encourage you to watch it. And in July, on July of 2022, They made their Lollapalooza debut on a second stage um, with an eight song set um, that kind of tested the American waters. That uh, their venue has been, I've read, I don't have, I read on like TikTok and Twitter and all X now um, that their venue was crawling with K pop fans. Some of them were there to support J Hope, but a lot of their fans were there too. But in 2023, they returned to Lollapalooza and they headlined. Uh, In Chicago, and they were the first K-pop band to do that um, in America. Because Stray Kids did headline in France, TXT headlined in America. Um, And here's what uh, we rave online. It's an online magazine, had to say. With what was easily the biggest crowd of Lollapalooza 2023, many witnessed the K-pop group Tomorrow By Together become the first Korean group to headline the festival. The 90-minute performance was a masterclass in showmanship. The execution was unmatched, and every element was mapped out to the second. It was unbelievable. The hashtag TXTpalooza was trending for three days. Um, And last year, they collabed uh, with the Jonas Brothers, Anita, Koi LeRae. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, And so you could say, I guess they never took off. They tried it. I guess it didn't work. And that was just in 2023. So, little brothers, just to to Kara.
1: Yeah. The the Hybe is just a one trick pony. They only have BTS.
0: Which, again, also was a bizarre take to me as well, because I was like, Hybe is a conglomerate now that has like gobbled up like so many popular groups now that 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 was bizarre. And having just been in Seoul looking at the fucking spaceship that is their building i was like "Mm, no this is a heavy conglomerate that is like basically going to just keep sucking in companies so again to make that argument that like the one it it was weird because also like i don't know like sometimes you know when you get like caught up in the talking of something maybe you get carried because i'm also like i don't actually think you would think that like i I believe that this person like knows what they're talking about to some degree. So I really don't think you'd be like, hype only has BTS. Like you just wouldn't say that because it just doesn't make sense. But to also, I would say that like for me and not everyone has to be me, like we're all our unique people, but for me um, getting into, so BTS was not the first K-pop group that I got into. I actually started listening to K-pop more heavily when my daughter got really into straight kids. And I've talked about this as like my origin story, but like, you know, so we had a lot in the pandemic, um, especially like early pandemic, uh, straight kids playing in the house. Um, And I kind of made my own way to BTS. I just listened to butter and couldn't, no I'm kidding. But like, yeah, I, I made my own way to BTS. Obviously had like my road to Damascus conversion moment, seeing them live for permission to dance in LA, which is when I like went from being like they seem cool to like holy shit, I'm in this for life. Um, but from there, I will say that like, yes, being in army is very consuming. Like, if you're a fan of BTS, there is content hitting you all the time. Like you could happily just stay in this ecosystem ecosystem, even with enlistment now, they're just gonna keep feeding content and you could happily stay here. And if you want to, sure. But for me personally, it has been a gateway then to K-pop as a whole. So I actually, because of like when I entered, I then got back in to say that like, that's how I kind of got to Big Bang and started liking earlier Big Bang stuff. That is how I got into like G-idle. Idol. That is how I got into Mamamoo, who I'm like absolutely obsessed with. That is how I got into ATEEZ. That is how I got into Shiny, who I like, And again, like, these, like, shiny came before BTS, just like Big Bang, but I made my way there through that direction, you know, and now Taemin's my precious baby, like, I love him, I obviously am disgusting about Minho, and he is who I want to, like, be my best friend, Seventeen. TXT. And so I'm just saying that like, there were a lot of groups and now I'm obsessed with Card, which has kind of got like more of an and probably like a Korean American vibe to it and is like more overtly sexy and has kind of just like more of like an LA flavor. But it was all through me getting excited about K-pop because of BTS. And so I would argue that for me, BTS was a gateway. BTS is definitely home based for me. Um, and I am really excited and optimistic to see what is going to happen with their next albums because map map of those i thought b was good b i felt like was a solid little album map of the soul seven to me is amazing and it didn't get to have its time because the pandemic fucking came and i'm not going to spend my time analyzing why i think the three english songs occurred and what i think about them we can i'm happy to have that conversation just like not really today it's kind of like this is getting long and that's not the point today. Um, But when we set up with what the future is going to be, because I felt like they were like, look, first, if the future ends up being, the future is not gonna, (laughs) like, I was just like trying to think about it. Like the future for BTS is not butter. And I think it would be ridiculous to pretend like that's the future. I do think that Jungkook could have like more of a golden trajectory to some degree. Like it'll be interesting to see in like two years how they want to position him. But if we look at where the other members in the group have kind of gone with their with their solos, Jin's still a bit of an unknown because the astronaut, I don't think is like, you know, we've had a one song from him. So I think it would be lazy to like be like, that's that's going to sum up where he's going. But I think what we've seen with J-Hope has been a radical transformation that's only going to get more interesting. And we're going to have him for quite some time before all BTS comes back. Um, DJ, I mean, like, I guess like, okay I am starting to rant now and I need to be careful but I'm like you're acting like butter is the end we're gonna just like pretend that like what amygdala just didn't happen like I don't understand like what we're trying to say
1: it felt like they just were I'm taking my ball and I'm going home because a Korean put out a great K-pop or a great pop album and that just hurt every sensibility that they had that Jungkook came in and was like I'm going to create this really fun pop album and that blew their little mind and they didn't have space for this and so then they're like well then we're just gonna go home and pout is how it felt listening to the podcast.
0: I, don't, I For me I felt like it was like well it's just not first it was like the deaf I felt like there was some muddling of definitions because like big bang is kind of more like edgy, overtly masculine, masculine presenting, like kind of more just like we're bros that like get down and like to like get it on. Like that's an energy and that's a choice. And I, I'm fine with that. Um But then there was that like sense of like, words oh, it's just the zany hair and the makeup and the clothing. And I was just kind of like, okay, weird. But like, Sure, I mean, like, and like, I'm not branding myself as an idol expert. You are, like, Kara, you are, and so these are these are the takes you're giving me in your expertise that I'm kind of like, huh, okay. Then, yeah, the idea of golden was like to me, I don't. F- And this is where, like, again, I'm happy to have another conversation about, like, how I feel about Golden. But to me, Golden just felt like an all-around solid, we don't like Scooter Brown in our house. Like, nobody here is a Scooter fan. But it kind of was just, like, it hit all the notes of a hard main, like, it it just hit, like, a very slickly packaged, well-done, no-skip, you know, pop album. But it's not going to, I feel like define the trajectory of where BTS with all the different things that we're seeing that were interesting in the solos to pretend like that, none of that's going to happen because JK had a, you know, handed over like the production reins to a group that gave Golden. That felt like a very odd call to make, very hasty. And I think it just isn't going to age well. Like I, and again, like if this was just like mr joe's down home podcast time i'd be like fair. but i think yeah what got me like wait a second was like you're the fucking new york times and this is like
2: yeah. well and and i sat with it for a minute because you know they're really picking on jk's solo album here because the overlying theme for them picking on it is that it's not a k-pop solo it's just a pop solo and at one point they say something really fucking gross like Why didn't you just have Justin Bieber sing those songs then? You just had a white guy sing. What? Excuse me? First of all, no, you couldn't have just had a white guy sing those songs because nobody sings like JK. And that's not a personal opinion. That's fact. Man has perfect pitch. So sorry. But what I really thought about was, and correct me if I'm wrong, at no time in Golden Promotions was it sold to me as a K-pop solo album. It was sold to me as JK's solo debut. At no time were the words K-pop used at any time. Just like with Jack in the Box, with Indigo, with Face, with D-Day, with Layover. At no time in any that I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, but at no time did I see the headline or the word. K-pop solo debut. All I saw was solo debut. B's solo debut. Suga's August D solo debut. That's all I saw. So I just said out loud, like, wait, they never said it was a K. He is from K-pop. Okay. he He's he's a K- in a K-pop band. Yes. But his debut was his solo debut. And I wasn't confused. Of and- what I, w- I mean, even if it had more Korean language songs in it i would have been confused
0: well here was the exact quote is golden is quote an attempt to make american music but by a korean boy
2: it's like
0: did you really like you said that you said that in public i dare
2: you to say that about bad bunny when he comes out with an all english album okay would we talk would we to have the would she have would they have this conversation in public, about someone like Bad Bunny.
0: Yeah, it just didn't feel like it was that big of a conspiracy. And the thing that felt just like, that felt beyond problematic was the idea that, look, K-pop needs to be kooky, weird, too much, like, whatever, like, weird noises (laughs) getting put in. like, Like, these are kind of the, this is what they were saying. And so that it would be like these niche fan bases. And first it's just like, I just find it interesting. People think that they are the person that gets to decide that, like, that's interesting that like, you wake up and feel like you're that person. And that like, it just, the whole thing was so othering. And like, the lack of curiosity, I think at the end of the day was what became very, very disappointing. It was the cherry picking. It was the lack of curiosity. And it was, and I mean, also like, what a broad tent to shove everything into because like, Stray kids to mama moo that's all k-pop there's not a lot in common with like a lot of the different sound like when you listen to different k like you'll start to be like oh this like you start to get a sounds that you like because there's groups that I identify with that I really connect with and there's groups that I don't connect with as much and sounds I don't connect with as much it's not this like homogeny of just like kookiness <laughs> I don't know it just
2: well and you okay but if you even with that, if if they spent five fucking minutes going over each member solo, every single one is different. So I don't and then you add in TXT, TXT's most recent uh, album is like hard rock. Then you throw in a group like the Rose, it, it can all exist and it can all exist in America. I to me, and this is my hot take. So, if you want to come at somebody, come at me. My hot take is JK put out a solo album that scared the pants off some American producers because it sounds like what's on the radio top 40 right now. Yes, and they did
0: talk about that, and that was bizarre, but I also didn't get the sense that like they were scared. Like I didn't get the sense that either of them are like we need to protect American music at all costs unless they've somehow like embedded this into them because there is things that they said and I mean like I'm not making an argument I don't like because I'm kind of like why like what is it that's like really getting you here and again I go back to the idea of like the words that they were using that gave me like the using the term normal people gave me such the ick and in one of the contexts it was when um you know Kara was talking about Big Bang. And talking about the song Bad Boy from Big Bang and being like, you know, that song really appealed to normal people, which I guess just meant like people that aren't part of like the K-pop niche fandom. And so it was interesting to be like, well, I think what that argument was trying to be like Big Bang with like their kind of like overt, raw, like masculine energy and like kind of like good edgy music appealed to this like normal person outside of the normal K-pop lane But when BTS did it, it was like because they were craven was the word they used with butter or, you know, and then they're like, but that wasn't like by the time butter came out, like they were already like fucking crushing, you know, so it was like a bizarre line to connect. It would like they just want to like take this shit on like the like English speaking of it. And then also I, there was this idea of like them being like, okay, like they're the one trick pony of Hype. But then the other criticism that they kept getting levied was this word chameleon, like over and over, she kept being like, they're chameleons. They're going to change. And I got to, to me, I was getting the sense like it seemed bad that they were like evolving musically because she never said they were selling out. But I was like, is that where she's going with the problem? Because I would also say that like you use the Beatles, for example, like the Beatles did so many different eras of music and sound And I don't like to compare the Beatles to BTS either, but I'm just saying like, there's an example of a group that did like these radical shifts and were reflecting like times or reflecting songs. And so I was trying to be like, is she saying that the change is the bad part or she's saying that like, it's because they're selling out and that feels like the bad part. And if that's the case, then like, I do have a lot of questions on how one would say that, you know, things like Wings or Map of the Soul 7 are sellouts because it doesn't fit the argument they were trying to make of like what they're doing
2: in the west well and i and i would also argue that any good musician or band evolves madonna has evolved taylor swift has evolved beyonce has evolved there and you know some would argue well their music hasn't changed that much okay fine but their lyrics have and some of their sounds have and the way they want to present themselves has and that's okay, because to keep churning out music year after year, you kind of have to evolve a little bit. Your personality is going to evolve. They're not. We were talking today about war of hormone. They are not war of hormone anymore, right? They're grown ass men. So, like, yeah, I don't under like. I guess i I see what you're saying, Leah, because I don't understand what the real argument was here either. The only thing that I could think of, and this is my assumption, is that. For years now, and we've, we've read it, we've seen it, we've learned it, we've heard it. BTS really sets a standard. Sometimes people don't like to say that, but they kind of do because they put out music, they put out performances, and then that's like the new standard. And I'll go back to what um, Trevor Noah said after the Grammys, when they asked him, about bts what was it like to be in the same room as bts and he said you know oh they're so nice they're so genuine which okay great but what he also said was they work really hard and they're really good at what they do and they're very professional and you know when you have an industry that wants to churn out groups that make money sometimes a standard gets set do we have to apologize for that? I don't think so. I don't at, think so.
0: And at the end of the day, how do you stay sit here as like. You know, I, I'm not I'm not going to conjecture like one of the podcasts or one of the speakers, um, you know, race or ethnicity, but, you know, we have like. For sure, at least one white American sitting there saying Koreans are losing their Korean identity. <laughs> and I found that to be like, wow you really you really said that like you know like and also what are we gatekeeping in America because like you know like when we're acting like okay you come to like like I was like American pop music has like I just found it to be such an interesting thing to be like did that just like hatch out of some like some egg that we just like took and like it was like America's because everything we do in this fucking country we're like Taking from every, like, I guess I'm talking from like white America of like white America has borrowed everything from everyone. And pop music is literally just like such a soup to me of so many different sounds and experiences. And so again, there was just this like very weird thing to be like, K-pop needs to stay in its lane and we're going to love it for what it is, that kooky, weird, Quirky thing that's going to be in its lane to be authentic. And I guess, like, my last point with it is that I write commercial fiction for a living. Like, one of, you know, I write romantic fiction for a living. And it's always interesting to me to have, like, there's a lot of stay in your laneism in commercial, like, to be like, oh, you write romantic fiction that's not literary fiction like be in your lane don't bring the lane over you know and so there's I just see a lot of gatekeeping that happens so I think that's one of the also the reasons of having just had a lived experience in creating content where people constantly judge it without knowing what it is. Even smart people constantly will be like, oh, did you write about quivering members today? I'm like, yeah, I did. I totally did. Because that's what people talk about. <laughs> it's just like, you know what I mean? And there's like such a smugness of like, I know what I'm saying. And I know even what I'm talking about without having the information. Because you can just go for the easy dunk. And that's what I, again, this just felt like you were dunking on someone. You were questioning their identity. You were questioning their motives. And then we were holding up. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I would no more sit in my platform to talk about Korean identities than
2: the man in the moon. Okay, <laughs> hey, can I bring up a couple funny things? I mean, they're not yes. funny, but I think you guys will get a kick out of them. So At some point, Kara says this. Yeah, that would have been around the same time, kind of 2010-ish. I don't know the exact date off the top of my head. Um, She goes on to say is that it wasn't necessarily that they were going to be big mainstream of America. Because, you know, at this time, 2010-2011, the competition was just massive. I mean, you were going up against single ladies and Lady Gaga. You could live in a yurt on the top of a mountain and still hear single ladies blasted at you at that time. So yeah, there's no way a group from Korea could compete with that. Well, guess what, Kara? I did a little research. About this time last year, Taylor Swift dropped Midnight's. And on the same night that she dropped Midnight's, do you know what else dropped? I dropped some singles of Jin's because he had just enlisted in the military one of those singles was Super Tuna. And I have a screenshot saved on my phone of Taylor Swift in the top five, except number four was Super Tuna. Seems a little weird. Seems a little weird. That's my well, actually, for the night. I think my well, actually, is
0: you didn't talk about fucking face. <laughs> and that, like, literally just happened. and like crazy went to number one on the billboard and I, I mean I don't know what to say except face was just like everything they were saying that BTS doesn't do anymore or isn't interesting with I feel like I, I mean I all the I could come for all the solos but I'm just gonna go for face because it's such an easy one and it had such huge commercial success and was heavily in the korean like it it was almost all korean which doesn't matter either but it just it was and apparently because like this was how they wanted to frame the conversation they just ignored all these other things to be like well i guess now we're just going to this bland old americanizing of these koreans and what does that mean which they don't get to say they don't get to talk about what does it even and like the the status quo that they're trying to hold it to actually doesn't really exist. It's like a fantasy. Like, what is, like, the control group for authentic pop?
2: There's this other thing that made me laugh. Because it's... I made myself laugh when I was reading it. But this... Here's the quote. The goal, I think, as a K-pop idol, as a K-pop star, is to break out of the screen, break out of the TV. You can't dance in high heels forever. To which I wrote, um, actually, Kim Taehyung... Can dance in high heels forever. And in 20, 30 years, I'll send you the TikTok reel, whatever it's called at that time. So you can watch him at his ripe old age of, I don't know, 50 something, dance in his high heels. Cause I know for a fact the man is going to dance forever in high heels. Jim and two in his Chelsea boots. So do go on. It's
0: fine. Well, here's the thing is just like everyone else, I guess it's just like the tired thing of what happens when people come for BTS because of their fame and because of their platform and because it's going to get conversation happening and they take a giant dump just because it's going to be beneficial like look we're talking about it. they got clicks like they probably got a lot of views and a lot of you know folks looking at this I did I I my final thought was I thought it was interesting to be like I'm going to hide, kind of, and, like, kind of denigrate, like, K-pop fans, even though I am a idol expert, quote-unquote. Like, it was just, it was such, like, a strange thing to be, like, I am of this space, and yet I am too cool for this space. (laughs) So, at the end of the day, again, pop music by nature is cool and uncool, all together. (laughs) Like... I think having come from, like, pretty, like, punk grunge, like, that vibe is, like, where I kind of came from to be ended up as a pop girly to me still feels funny sometimes, but I've just embraced it. But I just, I do find it funny when people are, like, trying to act like, yeah, I was like, look, inherently it's awesome and cool and, like, also it's commercial, like, that's the whole point.
2: Well, and that's kinda of, like, and that's my thing. Like I wrote in my notes, okay, fine, like the face of K pop is changing, but they're not losing their roots because again, like I said earlier, Jungi went on tour this last year to let's see, the tune in the US of fifty seven point two million dollars, over three hundred and twenty thousand tickets sold in twenty eight US shows. uh, basically on his music that he doesn't speak a lot of English in and it stopped zero people actually we get dms of people that are like that was my first bts anything i i i went to d-day because it sounded like a good time and now i'm a fan so like i just don't at the end of the day sugar is scrooge mcducking Swimming in his money, he's like Scrooge McDuck. He's just gonna dive in to his money, his gold coins, and like swim around. And I just, I don't understand. I guess my thing is, I don't understand what I was supposed to learn and take away from the conversation when I'm so deep in it. I, I feel like the guy with the board and the red string, with all the dots connecting behind me. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I guess my take home was. <laughs>
0: You decided to dunk on Steve Aoki for kind of no good reason. Like I was like, Steve Aoki's just at home eating a sandwich, and he's like, right? "What? Like <laughs> what
2: did I do to you?" <laughs> Literally, that's how I felt every time they name drop somebody. I was like, "What did they do?" Did Justin Bieber's at home going, "I haven't made an album in like three years. Why did you? Do me? What did I do to you?"
0: <sighs> All right. Well, I think we've. I think we've had enough with this hot take I'm glad we had it I felt like we needed to have it it felt cathartic to have it but I don't want to do it again for a while just because it just it felt icky and it felt it just felt like boring I guess is like what a boring take and what a boring way to like live your music life. like this is what you're gonna put out in the world and this feels like I was just like don't yeah don't that's my take home to the get to the to that podcast was it was problematic for sure. It was intellectually lazy, absolutely. And it was just super boring takes.
2: What about you, Allison? What's your take home?
1: Um, my take home is that like you guys said, like everybody's entitled to their wrong opinion, and it wasn't really his opinion is not one that I'm going to be seeking out. Like I just, I don't care about it. Um, And why isn't there room for IVE and for BTS and for, you know, TXT? Why can't we have room for everybody? Why is there this like competition for space and resources in the music industry? And I think that I wrote in the, just like, for my own notes, it's like Steve Aoki wasn't the get, but that wasn't the point for them. Like they wanted to work with Steve Aoki, so they worked with Steve Aoki. Like they didn't care what the get was because they're more driven by the music and the sound than the get is. And I think that that's what it comes down to is like, you clearly don't know BTS, you don't know ARMY, you don't know relationships that they build in the industry with the people that they meet, because as you pointed out earlier, like everybody that they come across on a professional level leaves them saying they're the most incredible people we've ever met, they're very professional. And that's what it's about for them is the relationships and not some boring white guy's opinion of them.
0: All right, well, I guess we leave it here. And I am, and I don't think like, I don't think I'm being falsely optimistic to say that I think there's really interesting, cool me- all evidence from the solo period has pointed to me being only more excited and interested on where this is going. And I certainly don't feel like Butter was like the punctuation end note of BTS. I really I, like butter, okay? It's got yeah, a I great think, beat
2: to it, okay? You can dance to it,
0: okay? conversation of what the pandemic was, what the Mott's tour was, which they, I mean, there were points they made that were valid that were, but I mean, like, it wasn't like they had thought of them. Like, it's pretty obvious. Like, you know, money needed to be made. People wanted to try to get Grammys. There, There isn't it trying to be except in the West. We'll have a butter conversation a fucking another day. But like, at the end of the day, of course, BTS didn't end with, I don't even know what like.
2: Jesus, and that was the end of BTS. <laughs> yeah. That end, and also TXT is the most unsuccessful thing HYBE has ever done. They're the sad little brothers. I just the sad lo- they're just crying. <laughs> they're just crying at home, guys, with all their money. They they just won like a mama, didn't they, or something? I don't know. They just won an award, like, but man, they sure failed those little guys. <laughs> Those poor little guys. <laughs> if you were listen, you better stream their music because they're they need some money. Okay, like it's charity case. I swear. Help I, be, girls, the army. Army just didn't give a shit. Like <laughs> we were just like TXT. Boo. <laughs> Only I we- mean, this. <laughs> how how unsuccessful are you that you have a documentary on Disney Plus? So unsuccessful. So much success loss. Sorry
0: about it, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, I guess on that note, on that note,
2: on that note, go listen to Butter.
0: Put, <laughs> let's put some Borja. Borja, <laughs> can't get enough of BTS. Cool, neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Great, share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon Delight, K-drama deep dives from three romance authors, with new episodes dropping every Wednesday.